Well, hello. Thank you for joining me for another Acoustic Alternatives podcast. I'm John Barberito. This is from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, a fantastic little place. Uh, if you're a musician or a DJ or a podcaster looking for a place to do your thing, this is a place I would highly recommend. Uh, take a tour online, Grove Studios. Take uh, Gander. The other podcasts that are being done here, I'm just one of about five being done from this particular studio. And this time I'm welcoming an old friend back. Well, not to this podcast because it's the first time Jill has been on the podcast, but certainly an old friend. Jill Jack is with me this uh, this time. How are you, Jill? Good. I really like it here. I like your new home. My new home. Yeah, yes. It's, it's, it's really cool. Really cool. It's my home every couple of weeks and it's uh, they've been very welcoming and very kind to me. So I, I definitely, this is a, a good bunch of people here. I'd like you to, I wish you could meet more than just Max who's behind the scenes today. Well, and Max us rocks and he's got <laughs> awesome socks. And that rhymes, by the way. Okay. <laughs> There's a new song for you, Max. <laughs> well, well, Jill, you're one of the most celebrated performers from the Detroit music scene. I mean, we talk about this almost every time, but uh, if I look at the Wikipedia page for the Detroit Music Awards <laughs> and I look to find Jill Jack within that page, it has 31 occurrences of your name, which isn't even how many you've won, dating back to 2005. <laughs> You've won more than that. Thornetta Davis has 21 entries. She might be the closest behind you. I don't really know. I don't know who keeps track of these things, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> it's, it's something to celebrate. I mean... It, it really is. I mean, there was a period of time where I was a little embarrassed by it because people would say things sometimes. Uh, you know, it was, oh, she wins again. But I think <laughs> as I'm getting older and, you know, things are narrowing as far as time goes... Yeah. Um, I'm really happy and honored and blessed that I can still make music. You know, the the um, DMAs are coming up again in April, and I was so excited. I mean, I was it was like almost like a first for it felt like a first for me because my new tunes, my um, released singles, and both of them were up for awards, and um, I shot my own video, and one of them was up for video, and it just. It was so nice to still be excited about it. You know what I mean? Recognized by your peers. Yeah. And it's just really, um, you know, it, I work hard. And, and I'm not saying other people don't. Um, but it's important that people understand that, you know, I, I bust my butt. You right. Know, so I enjoy it. I really do. And I, I am honored by it. And I'm moving them. My daughter's moving out this weekend so i'm moving all the awards and they're going to be all in one place now because right now they're spread out all over the house you know wherever we can put them now they're going to be in one spot so take it'll a, be nice take a picture put it on your website i will i will that's a good plan yeah well let's get started with maybe one of those new tunes you have up for an award which what would you like to start with today um i'm going to do a song called jamestown town and um i wrote this when i was stranded in jamestown new york i was on a tour and um, I was supposed to go to Jamestown for a radio show and then leave there and go to another place in Buffalo, New York, I think. And that gig burned down. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I specifically so, remember that. <clears throat> so I ended up um, just staying and the people were so ridiculously nice. They set me up with places to stay. They fed me. I even got a gig while I was there. Um, I did a songwriter workshop, too. And they're just the kindest people. So, mm. oh, I can take this off, right? Yes, for singing thing. purposes. Jill Jack okay. on Acoustic Alternatives. <laughs> Let's do that. Okay, hang on. Here we go. Let's not show everybody my makeup on my mask. <laughs> Snow is melting off 
the trees in this dreams town town People getting ready for the holiday I'm just a stranger roaming through this dreams town town But they treat me like I'm here to stay Jack joins me today on Acoustic Alternatives, unmasked for a little bit as she yeah. sings. And, uh, she is good. Got to throw back on a talk. Go, sorry, my friend. Oh, I got to put him back yeah, on. Yeah, okay. Just, just for the, just for the. Oh, it's all good. Compliance of sorts, and yes. uh, we're just trying to behave here. Yeah. One of your newest songs. When you're two newest, have you even had a chance to play that out at a show yet? Is that been no? <laughs> That's what. <laughs> sorry well, to bring that I up. I take, uh, I take, I take that back. I think I did do it at the Ark. Um, 
two years ago, but I needed the words even then. And so I have the words now, but I got to learn it because I do have a show coming up and I've got to learn. <laughs> One of the reasons you're on this week is because you have that art gig coming up. Give the date for that. It's March 20th. Okay. And, um, I'm really looking forward to it was supposed to be my uh, birthday bash that I do every year and we were all scheduled to go and then my husband was um, around someone who had been exposed to COVID and I wasn't comfortable risking doing that show because it was going to be live from the arc stage and I didn't want to get my boys in the band or the sound guys or anybody uh, you know you just didn't know so my poor husband had to you know hideaway for a couple of weeks and then um he ended up not having it thank god yeah. but you know so yeah so we rescheduled and um we're so excited to be on the stage i'm mean, like i can't wait to be on the arc stage it's going to be magical that is good they're actually letting you do it from the stage yeah no. and it is going to be streamed on <clears throat> facebook so um the beautiful thing is you know is it's it's heart-wrenching not to have an audience it, re- it really is yeah. um but uh, um, you know, when I try to find the, you know, light at the end of the tunnel there, it is nice to know that, um, more people can see the show. So that is a good thing. And it'll be yeah. the first birthday bash where weather isn't a factor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, what's so weird is, um, we have had, I think the worst, we had like 12 inches one year and yeah. we sold out and it was crazy. The amount of people and where they came from, yeah. they came from all over the country. And I was like, you're nuts, man. Yeah. I would have stayed home. Totally nuts. <laughs> For sure. Well, look forward to that. Uh, this is not the first time you've been on a show of mine called Acoustic Alternatives. We met initially when I was at WHFR in Dearborn, and I was using that name for a show. And yeah. I just revived it for this show because it was a good name. And um, I'd like to go back even farther than that before I even met you. Where did you go to high school, and would I have liked you back then? <laughs> would you have liked me? Would we have been friends? You know, I... Um... I went to Berkeley High School, and I was one of those people that was, like, friends with all different kinds of groups. So, you know, I was in sports, believe it or not. Really? But I was also in choir. Um, I played basketball and volleyball. And um, I really, you know, I I loved the arts people. I was in student council. um, But so there were the creative people, then there were the party girls. I was in that group, too. (laughs) I still am friends with my friends from high school, believe it or not. We have a group that we just were just really tight. And uh, I think I think we would have got along, John. You think you would have liked me? Probably. Okay, cool. I mean, you've been you've always been super kind to me and supportive, and I've I've tried to give you exactly the same back. So, oh, well, you always I, have. I you, think we would have been friends. We would have been friends. You would you remind me of one of my friends who I'm still friends with to this day. His name's Scotty. I went to um, I went to my first homecoming with him, wow. and um, I was a little wild child though. <laughs> I jumped over the fence and went in the pool at the hotel and we probably should have got kicked out but um he's so kind and we we're still friends to this day awesome. i mean when i tour he shows up at different shows all over you know it's really cool what yeah. did jill want to be when she was a kid a nurse really mm-hmm. and what kept you from doing that well i went to nursing school and found out i hated chemistry and biology <laughs> and i liked um 25 cent beer night instead but um oh, okay no i just i didn't retain it now if you asked me if i liked working in hospitals and with patients and i loved the energy of being in a hospital my dad was a doctor and my mom was a nurse so i was a nurse's aide from you know we did that co-op thing in high school and and then i worked um where my dad worked in the summers and I loved working with people. I really did. And I loved helping people and making people feel better. So 
the way I put it now is that I still do that, but I don't have to empty bedpans. Uh, so yeah, so, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> it's a win. But I gotta say that during the pandemic, my heart did tug. Um, like man, if I would have finished nursing, I could I could have helped. I could have been on the front line a little bit more. But um, I just helped with the music instead. That's good for the soul. Yeah. Yeah, it's for hard, sure. hard to uh, quantify that in any other way, really. Yeah, without absolutely. It, I, I wouldn't be here without it. I would have, I would have off myself years ago if music yeah. hadn't been there to save me. I I hear that so much <clears throat> from people, and people have sent me emails and and come to me at my shows and said that my music has gotten them through things that you know, I did have people who have said that they were going to commit suicide, but my music saved them. And no. just to know that um, is well, it's like whoa. But, um, you know, and then other people saying that got them through chemo and people who've asked me before, you know, before they passed away, if I'd sing at their funeral. It's mm. just it's um, it's been a gift that keeps I'm allowed to keep giving it. That's that's what I like, you know. Besides band leader and nurse's aide, what other kinds of jobs have you held as an as a adult or even a young adult? Well, I always worked two jobs. I have no idea why. Um, but I worked, um, my mom made me work at a, uh, what was that, my very first job? It was at a dry cleaners and I had to be up at 6 a.m. It was horrible. And all my friends were working at like the ice cream places oh, or yeah. the donut places. And here I was at that place. So I've done that, but a babysitting was huge for me. Um, and then um, secretarial work, I did that, administrative work. And so, yeah, I've worn a lot of different hats. And I bet your favorite one is this one. You mm. bet. That's my favorite for sure. You got a little bit of a late start though, right? I did. Um, I was afraid. You know, I let fear get in the way. I thought people would make fun of me. Um, I didn't think I had talent. I um, It was hard to take myself seriously, I think. And um, thanks to my ex-husband, Dave Jack, who's a drummer, and he introduced me to a lot of different people and let me sing back up in some of his bands. And Stuart Frankie and uh, the Forbes brothers, we're going way back, um, they all took me under their wing, and I just was like a sponge. Mm. And I realized I was hungry, and I really wanted to do it. So I made up for lost time and just put out a bunch of records. <laughs> and, I mean, within... It, when you make a, a choice that's right in your life, literally, um, doors open. So six months after I decided to go solo, um, we opened for Jethro Tull, you know, and it just was like that. It was just like, I mean, I remember then a couple weeks later, they asked me to open for Dan Fogelberg, you know, and it was just like, I wasn't even prepared. I mean, I wish that would happen now more because now I've got all this under my wing, but Back then, they had to push me out on the stage at Meadowbrook because I was like, they're like, is she ready? I'm like, no. My knees were shaking so bad. Wow. But, um, you know, I just love every opportunity I've had. That's awesome. I had a blessing um, of a career, for sure. For sure. You know? This seems like a good time to do maybe something older since we were talking about that. I have no idea sure. what you plan to play today. But I don't really good... have anything. Uh, just, I mean, I did, but as I was driving here, I'm like, no, I don't feel like doing that. Whatever's um, I'm feeling. Something yeah, so. We're in the past a little bit. So. In the past. What would you like to hear? Oh, I can take this off again. Do you have, uh, do you have any requests? Whatever your guitar is singing to you. Maybe, maybe something from your first couple albums since we were all the yeah. way back there. Let's do... Um, this is off my first album, Stirs My Soul. This was always a big wedding request. <laughs> People would ask me to do it at their weddings. And it was so funny because mostly it was men. <laughs> they would say, my wife will be so happy if you would 
surprise her at the wedding. So literally, I would they'd move me back through the kitchen. One time, it was with my daughter. I promised to take her to the movies. So I go, Mommy's just got to go sing one song, and then we can go to the movies. They snuck me through the kitchen. She sat there eating French fries, waiting for me to be done. <laughs> but this is it. Stirs my soul. Then his roar comes out like a lion. 
takes me when a wonder man dared to go he stirs my soul he takes me when a wonder man a wonder man a wonder man he stirs my soul he takes me Classic Jill Jack, two plus decades old now. That one is. Oh my, my God! Sorry. I'm not this to make it sounds sound. horrible. No, it doesn't sound horrible. It sounds like you've been around and, and, and two decades. One Whoa. of the one of the reasons you are one of the most celebrated performers. You're also one of the most recognizable names uh, in, in the Detroit music scene. When I looked at the list of who was nominated this year, I mean, I know I try to keep up with the scene the best I can. I didn't know a lot of names anymore. I felt kind of like, huh? But oh, there's Jill. There's Billy. There, you know, people I recognize. But, yeah. I think I'm so excited that some names are not recognizable, but I think um, <clears throat> I think it's kind of it's a different era. You know, when mm-hmm. we were starting out, we were lucky enough to have a lot of places to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of them were bars at the beginning, but they were very supportive of local music and and original music. And now the up-and-coming artists are battling these cover bands. And don't get me wrong, cover bands are fine, and they make a great living, and everybody... And there's a place for them. And there's a place for them, for sure. But what happens is is that you don't stretch the minds of the listener. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I literally, I was doing a gig a couple, not last summer, but the summer before, obviously. And this man who does some booking in a certain city... You know, he, I'm like, why don't you let me have my band here? He always like books me acoustic and I want to have the band there. And he's like, well, you know, we got to have the Beatlemania. We got to have this. And I'm like, what, what am I just stretching? Oh, Jill, come on. Like, you know, it's just like, oh my <laughs> God. Of. Right. No so I, I really, um, if I, if anybody's out there that's an artist, just keep plugging along, stay true to yourself and, and just keep doing it. There are places and by golly, if I have to open my own someday I will and let everybody play there. <laughs> Good. I'll help you run it. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so two decades and tell me about a career dream of yours that has been realized. Um, playing, uh, that was easy. Um, playing at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Ooh. Yeah. Is that the Bob Seger show? The Bob Seger show. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, and actually touring with him, we went to Canada with him as well. And, you know, it was so funny because being on stage there for soundcheck, the the uh, stage manager told me that Seeger would probably watch the sound check. And I'm like, don't tell me that. Like, just don't even tell me that. And I saw him, but I pretended like he wasn't there. But somebody came up to me during sound check from Seeger's people, and he was like, are you nervous? I'm like, no. And he goes, you're so calm. And I said, honey, I've been waiting for this, like, my whole <laughs> life. I have been preparing for this my whole life. And that moment of playing to 20,000 people was just phenomenal. Now, don't get me wrong. The next night, Mark and I drove to Indiana and we played for 20 people. (laughs) 
And we had just as much fun. I mean, so... More interaction. But, yeah, <laughs> definitely more intimate interaction. But the intensity of seeing that many people, and there were so many people that I recognized and that were there and were so excited that I was there. It was like a huge celebration. I was sad know? to miss it, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm bummed. I would have got you backstage, dude. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I would have. That's cool. Well, yeah. speaking of dreams, tell me about Dream Big. Well, Dream Big is something I started... I st- well, you know, I started doing um, staff uh, songwriting, um, like retreats and things like that. And I found that people would sign up to talk to me, but it wasn't about necessarily their songs. <laughs> it was more about how to stay with it, how to believe in yourself, how to how to work this crazy business. And more and more young people and their parents were coming up to me and asking me to help them. And I thought, you know what, there's something here. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I started business. My first office was in Pontiac, and then um, I moved to Ferndale, a couple different places. And my first client was actually a nonprofit. It wasn't even a singer-songwriter, hmm. and it kind of, I was scared. I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? But it's its all the same thing, and, and it's really just someone outside of your circle looking into you. And, and I'm just kind of one of those people that looks like a puzzle to me, and it's like, okay, if you just like move this piece and move this piece and move this piece, you know, try that. And then also people want to be held accountable. They want to be held accountable. And if, if I'm just like, there's one guy, I have a client who he, he has ADD. He knows he has ADD. And all he wants to do is play his instrument. He just wants to practice. Well, he runs a band, a big band. And I'm like, dude, that's great that you practice. But if you don't have any gigs, what is it going to do for you? And his wife was like, get him a gig. So I'm, I told him he had to get up in the morning and he had to do yoga. He had to walk and he could practice for an hour, but then he also had to book for an hour. Mm -hmm. And within a year he was playing all over and his wife gave me a big fat hug and (laughs) and he was so proud of himself. You know, everybody's got it in them to do what they want. Um, fear gets in the way, um, self doubt, um, not having enough confidence in yourself. And I'm just here mm. to give it to you. Who do I know like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've been to Dream Big. You I know have. what I do. So, yeah. And it's so rewarding to see people just go off and, and do it. And like technically not even need me anymore. I kind of feel like a mom. Okay, go fly away. <laughs> go fly. But they come back and they check in every now and then and, and need a tweak here and there. And yes, it's been so rewarding. And the business has survived the pandemic? It didn't. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. But it's coming back. Um, so I um, had to move out of my space. I was sobbing. I was so sad because I love my newest space. But I saw it. Um, yeah. No, you didn't see the new new oh, one, did you? Ferndale. Yeah, there was a different one. Um, and that one I loved a lot too. But um, So I had to move out. and um, But now I'm going to have a home office. Um and uh, I'm already starting to get clients back. They're starting to come out. I think spring is getting everybody going. So I, I have um, some really new, exciting clients, uh, young, 17, and then I've got one that's 67. So I like that wide range. And mm-hmm. I'm working with, like, uh, the theater, you know, um, Trinity House Theater mm-hmm. is a client of mine and just a lot of different people. I love it. It kind of relates to something else that you do that you don't necessarily get paid for. I think you just do it because you're a nice person. But you're, I've, I've noticed that you're kind of a mentor to people like Alison Albrecht, my most recent guest, and she may even be a client. But, I mean, you, you've been there to kind of open doors for some of these young artists. You let them open your shows. and you, I mean, that, that's that got to be an important part of who you are, too. Well, I do that. Um, Allison is a client of mine. Um, 
and um, you know the keynote sisters. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of them. Yeah. Um, and so what I do is I I kind of groom them, and then if I feel they're ready, um, which most of them really are, I uh, just put in a good word at the different venues, and my my name. I mean, after all these years, my name it's goes, worth something. Yep, and so. I don't send them until they're ready. And then I know that they'll slay it. And I tell them, you're going to slay it. (laughs) (laughs) And they do. And then they end up like either on an opening slot and then they end up getting their own show. And they're great. I mean, they're just, there's so many phenomenal artists out there. I want to do that for more and more people. People did it for me. So I want to pay back. You know, it's important that you share um, anything you can in this business because it's a tough business, you know. Completely unrelated, but similar because it involves you being more of a kind-hearted person than most people. You're also, I don't know how much you've done it lately, but you were doing mission work and traveling out of the country. And yes. I remember you raising some funds for the, the trips at your ARC shows. And yeah. Is that still happening? Is that still part of what you're... Well, you're, you're, um, I was doing mission work. Um, I didn't do it uh, last year. Well, because nobody the, did anything last year. Uh, they ended up going. Um, they, they just got back. Um, but... My my family didn't want me to go, and I had to respect that. And um, and I was nervous anyway, you know, to go because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But um, going to Haiti uh, all those years, it it changed me as a human being. Um, it made me grateful, obviously. But it what I went in thinking that I was gonna do, they did for me. I mean, giving. I, I think people. In this society, sometimes people hold on to things so much, you know, they don't share. And in Haiti, they share everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you're done with your water bottle, they grab it before <laughs> you're even done because they utilize every single thing in and around their area. We built churches with sticks. Wow. I mean, granted, I don't know how much, you know, it's concrete too, but, yeah. you know, they, they use a lot of different things. And they always had smiles and they always hoped. So one thing I know they always said to me when I went home, they're like, please tell people we're not just, yes, it, what you would see in Haiti, you'd freak because it's it looks desolate. Mm-hmm. But the people, there's beauty there. There's a ton of beauty and they always find hope. And I think that that's what it taught me the most is that there's hope in any situation. Those are probably the farthest away gigs you've played as well. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I got to the last time I went there. They asked me to play a wedding, uh, sing at a wedding. Oh, nice! And um, they have the coolest. Uh, what they do, the you know the bridesmaids when they walk down, they walk down with a dance <laughs> in like twos and threes, and it was killer. And they wanted an American song. They <laughs> wanted um, the Bob Dylan song to make you feel my love. Oh. So I sang it, and everybody was cool. I also sang. Um, I learned um, a song in Creole, and I performed that. I was very scared. That yeah. was at church. And I'm wow. like, I have no idea if I'm singing this right <laughs> at all. I don't speak French. And I had a, a, a young daughter, uh, I call her my daughter, but she, um, I put her through school there. Mm. And so she sang with me. I'm like, get up here. And she's like, no way. I go, you know this language. You'll be fine. You know. Sure. So, yeah, it was fun. Well, that kind of leads to another question about uh, traveling. Now, your desire at this point in your career to be a traveling musician mm-hmm. as opposed to staying within the Michigan music region scene, which is which is more appealing to you at this point? Do you still want to be a traveling musician? I do. Um, the reason I do, you know, I say that I've gotten comfortable having dinner with my husband and my daughter every night. That yeah. is, is going to be missed. Um, but when I'm on the road, it's just... It's so freeing, 
And um, I love to meet new people. And one thing, <laughs> I always knew this about myself anyway, but the pandemic drove it home. I need people. I love to meet people and I love to be around people. My sister's opposite for me. She's like, I can care less, you know, but I, I enjoy to see how people live. You learn so much about yourself when you deal with people that are outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I, and that's why I like to put myself out there. Taking the boys on the road again. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's one you want to do, but that came that to my mind while, while you were... That's really hard to do without okay, the well, van. Well, don't do it without We could the do road, take me away. You, you could do that. If so, I can since, remember since, since, Well, <laughs> don't do something you don't remember. No, I don't want to put you in a bad I'm position. I'm sure I remember it. Hopefully. Yeah. I can do that. All yeah. right. Joel Jack on Acoustic Alternatives from Grove Studio. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote this uh, when I locked myself out of a hotel room. <laughs> and I was so upset with myself, so I just wrote this song. Sometimes I wonder if I'm crazy. <laughs> I psyched myself out. John's like, oh, great. One thing's for sure, you can't call me lazy. But maybe you could call it wrong. Is it bad that I like being alone? Roaming from town to town. Keep us apart And I'm 
Is my guest on Acoustic Alternatives this week. Road, take me away. Jill, would you rather be on the road solo, band, or duo? I think I know the answer to the question, but I'm going to ask anyway. I would love it if my whole band could go, but it's not <laughs> always the case, and it's not always practical. Cost-effective, like, yeah. Yeah. When I, when I wrote this song, um, part of the frustration was that the boys were supposed to be on the road with me, Mark and, and Brian um, Chester White, and... Uh, they both ended up, um, their, their wives were pregnant. (laughs) So I had a choice to either cancel the tour or just do it by myself. And, um, my husband's like, oh my God, you're going by yourself because I'm geographically challenged. And, uh, (laughs) I've heard that before from you. (laughs) Yeah. And he just, he was so afraid for me and he got me like one of those sticks that like, I don't know, you're supposed to like throw it and it can hit somebody in the throat he was making me practice and he got me mace and um and then he would call me and he'd be like where are you and i'm like well hang on a second i'm like okay mile marker 321 and he goes what does that mean and i'm like i don't know he wants to know what city you're in yeah he wants to know what city and i'm just like mile marker 320 he goes how can you possibly drive like that 
I said, you know, you've got the GPS, and I rely 100% on that GPS. So That's okay. If I ever lost that, I'd be in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, primarily the music you've made for the the last couple of decades would be probably classified as Americana. That's probably the the easiest tag to stick on you. Mm -hmm. You did one songbook album, right? So sort of a great American songbook. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing a straight-on blues record? Because I would actually like to hear your voice do a blues record. You know, you always ask me that. It just seems like it would would be a thing. Well, you know, after the last time I played played on your show you told me i should contact lathe and so i did um contact lathe outside and he never got back to no. me. so you're gonna have to call him and well. tell him but no um i agree i i love blues and and i have no problem with the idea of it and i will say what's happening with the pandemic is kind of unique um because i couldn't be around my band i had to rely on myself or just go into the studio and and rely on maybe one person playing instead of whole band so I started co-writing with people, and we do, there is this major in-your-face country song coming out, oh. um, and it's called "I'm a Bit of a Jesus Girl," and it's it's like gonna knock your socks off, but it it also introduced me to the fact that you know doing singles um, make it kind of fun. I don't have to dedicate like a whole year of figuring out what kind of material I could actually do like a blues song and see how it goes over. So. I will work on that, John. That'll uh, be my homework. Hook up with Thornetta instead. That's oh, yeah, that's a great idea. All right. She's probably easy for you to get a hold of. I was actually going to bring up the singles. You play Jamestown Town at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Quiet Man, you may be doing at the end of the show. I don't know. Uh, but it seems like you're really taking a lead role in your own career at this point. You know, you're always kind of in control, but you talked about making your own videos. And mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about uh, that path for you right now, that that just kind of taking control. Well, I think, um, you know, I've obviously always ha- worn all the hats in, in my band, you know, whether it be the band leader, the writer, the, the record, you know, paying for everything too. Um, but in this case, because I couldn't rely on... I guess other people, you know, I was going Jamestown town. I was supposed to go down to Jamestown to shoot the video and I had a videographer set up and everything. And it just didn't happen. So I contacted the photographer and he's like, can I help you with anything? And he, so he took all the photos of that video. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think what was really cool and I was nervous because I'm not a tech person (laughs) and I get really freaked out. Like, I think I'm going to screw something up. So quiet man, was written because um, I was bored. I asked, I put it out there and uh, in a newsletter and on my Facebook pages, hey, if you want me to write a song, you know, hire me to write a song about anything you want. So a woman contacted me. It was her wedding anniversary, and she wanted to surprise her husband. And so I just interviewed her about her life and her husband, and that's where Quiet Man came from. Nice. And then for some reason... Sarah Barnes D'Angelo, I don't know if you know her, she's a, a killer jazz singer, but she was just adorable, and she lives on a farm, and I asked if her and her husband could be in my video, and they said, sure, so I shot the video with my phone with iMovie, and I mean, it's not, I'm sure Max might not think it's exceptional, yeah. but on the other hand, I was really proud of it, and then when I did Jamestown Town, and I'm also going to be shooting a couple other things, so Probably um, Jesus Girl, I might do it myself. Um, I love it. I wish I could have a camera camera. And really, I mean, this. I loved editing it. I nice. loved doing it all. And you did the because, artwork too, right? Yeah, I painted. Um, that's one thing I started doing in the pandemic. Um, just to relieve stress and anxiety, um, I just started painting because it calmed me down. And Okay, so when I, when I go to sit down and write a song, unfortunately, at this point in my career... 
I write a song and go, okay, now what am I going to do with it? Where am I going to shop it? How are we going to do it? You know, we're going to market it and blah, blah, blah. When I paint, it was for no one but myself. And if you look in my wall in my office, the entire wall is covered with all my paintings. Hmm. And so I am selling them in note cards. I have a thing called Pen Pal. And um, so you can choose. I have a series. You have your fall series, spring series, summer series. <laughs> Or just whatever you want. And mm -hmm. um, I sell them. And the note cards come five. Uh, five note cards, five envelopes, a pen, and five stamps. Nice. And that way it encourages people to write instead of texting. And it's really fun to get a note card from someone. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, coming up soon, we mentioned this earlier, March 20th, from the ARC stage, your delayed birthday bash. And mm -hmm. thinking about previous birthday bashes, I thought, hmm, I wonder what your favorite wine is, because you always seem to have wine on stage. <laughs> no, I so always feel guilty. What's your favorite wine? Cab, the Cabernet. Yeah, and it, it really, it's because of the whole band likes Cabernet pretty much. So um, it's it's good to get that instead of like, you know. Well, my keyboard player, Bernie, always like beer. But hmm. no, Cabernet was it. And we would just, that was kind of, we didn't do that a lot at other shows. But my birthday bash, we always did. Sometimes to our detriment. <laughs> but, but it was fun. You know, we got a little loose lip towards the end on some of those shows. But it was fun. The answer doesn't have to be the obvious one because I'm feeding you the question. But what's your favorite cookie? And it doesn't have to be the one you're thinking of. It is your cookie. It's not my cookie. It's it's Peggy's cookies. Peggy's cookies. Yeah. Yes, because you give them to me well, yeah. every birthday, and I really miss them on yeah. my birthday. Those are this kind of my year. favorite cookies too, actually. But what is in them? There's uh, something. All sorts of things. Is there like um chocolate chips and dried cherries? Sweet dried cherries. Yeah. That's the ticket. Yeah. Oh my god! But the funny thing is, is you would give those to me, and I wouldn't eat before a show. So I would hide most of them you from should. the guys. They were for you. And then I ate them all the way home. And mm. I was so sick by the time I got home because I had like 15 <laughs> of them. But they were good. I had that problem too. <laughs> oh, my God. They're good. Yes. Which yes. which of your songs is your favorite to perform live? Oh, God. I think that varies. It really varies. Um, you know, it depends on the night and where we're at and if I'm in a mood. Or I band, don't think or I band or solo too. I'm sure, right? Yeah, um, with the band, I mean, it just all depends, you know. Like, there's a song that just popped in my head just now, "Ghost," and I never really performed that very much because it's kind of a sad song. But I, there's something about when the band and I play that song, I feel like it is a perfect fit for Austin City Limits. Like, I, I close my eyes and I feel like we're performing at Austin City Limits, and the band loves it. It's just a, it's a very a uh, very genuine Americana song and everyone just digs in. And so that one, um, but it wouldn't be like, you know, I mean, I think every night's different. It just depends. And it really depends on how well we pull it off. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I've also, you know, with my jazz band, I love doing Billie Holiday. Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know, we did a version of um, Bridge Over Troubled Water. And there's something about every time I do that, I have to literally keep my act together or I start crying because I do think about my friends in Haiti when I sing that. So, mm. yeah. I'm sure like me, when you go to a concert to see somebody you're a fan of, you're always hoping they're going to play at least two of your favorite songs. You're always like, God, I hope they played that. that, that. Yeah. And so when I go see you, I'm always hoping for Running and Love Hotel because those live really? are really great oh, songs. Oh, very those good are, to those know. Are, those are great songs for live performance. Yeah. Well, I will say that um, we always close the show with Running yeah. when we have the band and it is because, oh my God, I feel like I'm getting older with that. But I mean, it, it kicks butt. It does. And um, 
I can just let my freak flag fly <laughs> with that because I just let it all go. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's the last song, mm-hmm. I give all I give it my all to the point like sometimes when I hold those notes that I feel like I'm going to pass out but I'm like just hold it a little bit longer just a little longer Jill you won't pass out it'll be okay I mean this is what goes out of my head mm-hmm. but um yeah no I think that we all yeah we all like that song I know they're all your children but do you have a favorite song or album or both of yours from your career that you would say um like you're giving somebody just one thing of yours an album or... I think songwriter sessions is I think it was the most fun to do because it was live. I mean, there were quite a few that were live, but Songwriter Sessions was a challenge in itself because it was two nights at Heartland Music Hall mm-hmm. of brand new music that people hadn't heard before. And also Colin Linden came in from Nashville to produce it and to engineer it with Neil Sever. And it was such a family group thing it was nine pieces on stage people like jason denny and drew howard and dale grisa and billy and nolan jen siget too i think right jen siget was i was there for one of those nights so yeah yeah and we sold out both nights and i remember after we were done and it was live so we were recording everything and i remember after we were done i'm like this could have gone so horribly wrong (laughs) but it didn't and um it probably got the most airplay out of all my albums too and um, because I think we captured the live, but made it sound like a studio. Right. So it was, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. But but I like them all. No, I think know? that's my favorite too, though. Is I want to think about it too. There's, there's lots of great albums, but that's probably the one I would pick up first. Yeah, most people do. Well, Live Like There's Snow Tomorrow's on there. So yeah. everybody loves that one in Northern Michigan's on there too. So. When is that big breakfast that you sing about in Live Like There's No Tomorrow? When is it? Yeah, because, you know, you want to invite everybody you know, and I'm somebody you know. I want to come to breakfast. <laughs> well, you can definitely come to breakfast. My daughter and I were looking at I was looking up something, and that popped up on video. We were cracking up because we were looking at it, and we forgot that she was in that music video. Mm. And I invited all my neighbors over for breakfast. So we were all on our deck, and mm. everybody looked so young. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know? So, um but yeah, no, as soon as the pandemic's over, I want to have everybody. So you are invited. Okay, for thanks. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Just a couple more questions before I let you do another song. If your career were to end tomorrow, mm-hmm. what would your your favorite moment be? The Seeger Show or something else? Mm. Wow. I don't think... I don't think the Seeger show would be the answer there. It was your dream that you realized. It was the dream, but... Folk Festival with Emmy Lou. Oh, yeah, that could have... But see, that one, I was so damn nervous. I couldn't even couldn't even focus. I was so scared. I was just like, oh, my God. I didn't even... I was like, what am I doing here? You know, like, that, I was just... That was an incredible, incredible show. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, um, I was there for that, too. <laughs> but I think it was... It's more about the experience, the warmth. And so I can't narrow it down to one show per se, but it's the love that I received from the audiences to the point where, you know, you could, it, it was so much that your heart, like you had to cry because it was so amazing just to feel the realness of it. You know, applause is one thing, but to actually feel the juice and see people's tears coming down their faces from what you do. I think it's just, I got to wrap it up all in like one thing. I couldn't say one show. No, did that it. makes sense. That's yeah. a really good answer. Actually, the, the feeling okay. you get from the audience. And yeah. That's, that's a favorite moment. That's And that's the hardest thing uh, because of the pandemic. I mean, it's the hardest thing for me. Um, There's no bottle full of that anywhere. No, <laughs> no, there isn't. I tried to find it in tequila and it wasn't there. <laughs> I, had to, like, worm, but... I did it for like six days and I was like, nope, no, still no, not no, there. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, we're back to one more dream. Dream big. Money's no object. Oh so God! Don't, thank God. This is this is this <laughs> is the a dream. First. <laughs> Who do you want to go into the studio with to have produce an album with any band that you could pick? I know. We, actually, we talked about Lathe for a second there. Lathe did this. He got to do his real album with a dream producer and a dream band. So, not nothing wrong with your band. Your band is great. But let's say you could pick your favorite musicians to play on your record, and what studio would you do it in with what producer? Have you oh, thought about that? Well, I always wanted to work with Vince Gill. Hmm, um, nice. I think his voice is inc- it just blows my mind. And guitar um, playing too. And his guitar playing is just stellar. Um, and as far as the producer goes, gosh, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know. There's so many. Um, I don't. I don't know about that. But Vince is always. I used to have Vince's picture on one of my vision boards. Lyle Love it was another mm. one I wanted to work with. Um, obviously James Taylor. I've always just. It just he blows my mind and Jackson Brown too. Um, so those are all writers. But nobody's se, playing but... drums on that record. Though. No, so a band, <laughs> a band, a band, a band. Um, I don't know. Okay. I am sorry, I can't no, that's tell okay. you that. Um, you haven't thought about I it. I think I would, I would pick different players and put them all together because I think that that would be incredible. Players from your favorite albums. I think that's players. essentially what Leith did. He had, you know. Yeah, I think I would do that. I think I would, you know, take Vince and then hook him up with somebody else and then, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the drummer from the band, the band, but he's no Levon, longer with Levon us. Levon Helm? Yeah, if Levon was alive, he would be on my list for sure. Um, I've seen him live and, yeah, there's mm. just so many people. Yeah. It would be a fun album. It would be great. <laughs> that all I know is we'd have fun. <laughs> well, Jill Jack's been my guest today on Acoustic Alternatives. Do you want to do your other new song, Quiet Man, or do you have something else you want to close with? Um, what, do I, you, what do you I, feel like? I do have Quiet Man. I'm just afraid I'm going to screw it up, but well, I'll do it anyway. Well, you don't have to. It's your. I mean, here we're here to talk about you. It's not about what I want. Well, what do you want? I want you to be happy. No, tell me a song you want. No, seriously, I want you to be happy. I want you to be like this is this is what I wanted out of a visit with you today, John. I wanted to play these songs. So well, you, you I play did whatever you want. I did plan on it, but then I was like, I don't know. So um, no, but I'll do it. It's your newest, one of your newest. Yes, it is. People and you can it. you can find it. Please go to my YouTube page because I want to get a lot of followers. So <laughs> and then you can see my video. Oop, I might want to put it in the right key though. Hang on. Can't help you with that. No. Much different. I don't always know what you're thinking But I know this to be true I wouldn't be who I am today Without the love I share Oh my 
quiet man It started out as a friendship Someone nice to see each day It grew into a life of love In a sweet and natural way We pass each other in the hall A look, a smile, a spark The safety of your heart and mine Had truly left its mark so I'm thanking you for being my rock, steady and strong. I'm thanking you for the life that we share, someone to Two new songs, Jill Jack has released in the last uh, six months, three months, whatever it's been. Yeah. It's quiet, man. Three months, I think, yeah. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's so good to see your face in person and, and hear your voice. And it's spend so, so much good time to with see you. you. It really was a pleasure. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to whatever else you've got. You've got the new country single coming soon. And... We have a country single coming out. I've got a, um, a religious song coming out, actually. It's called Isaiah. Mm -hmm. And um, that one's just stunning. It's almost done. Um, and then... Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to keep plugging along and see what happens. There's no rules anymore. No rules anymore. <laughs> Grove Studios is where I've been broadcasting from today. Check them out online if you uh, don't uh, know about this place. a great place to uh, do a band practice if you're looking for a place to get your band together. It's rentable space, 24-7, keypad operation. I'm going to show Jill around after we're done here. So thanks for joining us again, and uh, thanks for being part of Acoustic Alternatives. Thank you for having me. I was so excited when you asked. Thanks again, and thanks for all you do. 
My pleasure. Next guest will be Al Bennis in a couple of weeks. Hope you can join us then.